We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Ooh, welcome back in, hour number three, Wednesday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're talking the debate tonight in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I will give you a prediction. A wager, as it were. Buck, I, I, I will tell you that I am almost 100% certain that the college football playoff will be referenced because it is taking place in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Alabama gets in as the four seed. Florida State left in, left out as the five seed. I'm sorry to Seminole fans out there listening, as well as Georgia Bulldog fans who think that they should not have been uh, left out. I bet that one of the candidates will address it in some way from the stage. Now, I don't think Megan Kelly knows or cares much about sports. We like Megan. So I don't think it's going to be the moderator. And I don't know the other two moderators very well. Do you know the other two moderators for this debate, Buck? Like, uh, like, uh, I, know I know them Eliana, Eliana Johnson, yeah, a little bit. Okay. So I don't know either of them. I would bet that they are not diehard sports fans, although maybe I'm wrong. But I think we'll get a reference to uh the, the the college football playoff from the debate stage tonight. So we got four candidates that are going to be up on the debate stage. Trump is obviously still leading in a big way. As we finished off the last hour, you referenced, Buck, a report that came from a Biden fundraiser, and I am paraphrasing here. Basically, Biden said that if Trump were not running, he probably wouldn't run. But he feels like he has to beat Trump, and he's the most likely to beat Trump. And again, I'm paraphrasing. So question for you. Do you believe Joe Biden at all that if Trump were to say, you know what, I'm out, that Biden would actually say, I'm out too? Do you buy this? Do you buy this or do you think it's a convenient excuse for Biden to be able to trot out? I think we have him getting asked this. I think this cut 17. Would you be running 
if Trump, I'll answer your question, but would you be running if Trump wasn't running this cut 17 play? Would you be running for president if Trump wasn't running? I, I expect so, but look, he is running and I just, I have to run. Would you drop out and Trump No, not now. So, Clay, Biden saying, I have to run. And to your point before you asked me, do I buy this? I do believe, and I, I get no joy out of saying this, so people that disagree, uh, just tell me what my assessment is, Democrats think that Biden's their best shot of beating Trump. And we can look at that right now and say that that's crazy, but it ain't over till it's over. And they, I, I think, would have to go with a different approach if it had been a different candidate. You know, our side is very convinced that Trump won in 2020, by and large, and that he will win again. The Democrats, I can assure you, are very convinced that Trump lost. They think he lost fair and square in 2020 and will lose again. That is their perspective on this. So I I do think that Joe Biden believes uh, that he has the backing of the Democrat machinery not just because he's president, but because they think in a matchup their best chance to defeat Trump, who certainly looks like the overwhelming prohibitive favorite to be the nominee. They think their best shot is Joe Biden. I actually, I actually do believe that that is their assessment. I don't think that that's just, that's just bluster at this point. Well, and your point on this is, if they are actually confident, and I question how confident they can be. We talked about this yesterday because we should mention that they sent out the jury questionnaires on the Washington, D.C. trial. I saw our friend Julie Kelly tweet that out yesterday afternoon or evening, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, to begin the process of trying to corral the future jurors who would sit on the Jan 6 related case that Jack Smith is bringing. And you argued that... Democrats, as sort of their ace in the hole, so to speak, that they believe that any conviction of Trump for felony charges is going to destroy his candidacy. And there is polling to reflect that that would be true. Now, I'm going against the polling in this respect. I think Democrats have to be getting nervous because I think if you told Democrats a year ago that Trump would be up in all of the swing states that Trump would be above Biden in many of the national polls that are running, and that Trump even would have the lead that he does in the Republican primary, I think they would have been stunned, and I think they would be super apprehensive about what that foretells for the next 11 months. Now, if they truly do believe that they're going to get a conviction, which if that case goes to trial in D.C., I think it's virtually certain that Trump would be convicted of something based on the jury pool, I think the question just becomes how much does that court decision alter the trajectory of the race? Because I don't think Atlanta and I don't think Miami are going to get finished before we actually have people going out and voting. My my guess at this point is still that they believe the legal the legal onslaught or the legal ambush against Trump, whatever you want to call it, uh, trap that they have set for him will effectively deliver the race to Joe Biden, and then everything else will just be candidate by candidate. They have a tough time in the Senate regardless, so Democrats know they're going to have a tough Senate battle ahead. The House is going to be very, very close, likely to be very, very close, um, and they think that they can pull this out because 
remember that the lesson of 2022 was, yeah, the J6 hearings and the uh, the fear mongering around abortion didn't convince a lot of people, but it convinced enough people in enough places that they should vote for the Democrat. Uh, and that's a that's something that I think we have to keep in mind here that based on the way that the two sides get dug in and 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 the narrowness of the deciding factors, if you can figure out effectively what lock and what key you need and you can just get that one last tranche of voters across the line in one of the states or a handful of states that matters, that's what will, will be determinative. So I I am concerned about that because every poll People are now looking at all the polls saying, look at how bad Biden is, look how much Trump is winning. I say that's great. We should probably see more polls on what happens if Trump gets convicted in one of these trials. Because the one poll that we've seen on it, I think it was a Siena poll. Am I right on that? I'm trying to remember. I think it was. Was a, it a New York Times poll? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was in recent history. It said that everything would flip, basically, if Trump were convicted of a felony. Yeah, that Trump loses every swing state if he's convicted of a felony. You and I agree that I, I don't believe that, but I would like to see more data. Yeah. Because... If that is true, the GOP is walking into a massive trap. If that is true. Yes. And that, that is the, that is again, if you're Biden's team, that has to be what they think the ace in the hole is. I would just point out, I don't think they ever thought they would be down like they're down 11 months out. I want to play you this cut. We mentioned it, I think, earlier, uh, in the program. Friend of the show, Riley Gaines, she works at Outkick. Um, she's great. Uh, especially when you consider that she's, you know, 23 years old, I think, to have stepped into a political firestorm like she has and to have handled it so well. Her husband, Louie, by the way, is also fantastic. I think I've mentioned this before. Only guy I've ever met who has a totally mixed English and Southern accent. So he's from England. He's a swimmer. He came to swim at the University of Kentucky, which is where Riley met him. And he now lives in the Nashville area where Riley grew up and where I live. Buck, when you talk to him, he is 50% English accent, 50% Southern accent. It's one of the most amazing combos I have ever seen. He's an awesome dude. Riley was testifying in front of, uh, uh on Capitol Hill in front of a, uh, uh, congressional committee analyzing this ridiculousness of men competing as women. Uh, and she was called by Summer Lee, who I believe, Buck, is a congresswoman from a very competitive Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area district. Maybe a team can confirm that that's true. Potentially a toss-up style seat. Um, I think I'm correct in that. She's a Democrat from Pennsylvania for sure. Uh, Summer Lee said that Riley Gaines was transphobic. So Riley decided to push back, and she said, okay, if you're going to call me a transphobe, then I'm going to call you a misogynist. And it just throws the entire, uh, you need to see the video, but I think it'll play well on audio too. It throws the entire hearing into an uproar. Listen, cut three. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. The committee will suspend. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Order, order. Let's let's get a ruling. 
the chair. Okay, I move to withdraw the point of order. Thank you, Ms. Lee. So I don't know, Buck, exactly what she she wanted to. The general rule is that you are not allowed to insult people at congressional hearings. So she called uh, Riley Gaines a transphobe. And then Riley Gaines said, well, wait a minute. If you can call me transphobic, I'm going to call you a misogynist. And then it was like she was looking up. You can see the video, like her staffers all come gather around and they're they're reviewing whether or not this is a permissible or impermissible. And then finally she withdraws her motion. So I would love to know exactly what happened there. But to me, it perfectly distills sort of this name-calling era where if you come back and actually give them some of their own medicine, their arguments collapse in a hurry. So yeah, props to I, Riley I, I also... There. Whether it's Islamophobia or transphobia, the left does this thing of, of the phobias all the time. I don't have an irrational fear, nor do these other people that are on the conservative side of this. I don't have an irrational fear of, of any of this. Uh, so phobia is just the wrong suffix for the situation. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that, you know, a guy with, you know, male genitalia and testosterone, I mean, it's very obvious, play against women and women's sports. The notion that that makes me afraid. I'm not afraid. There's no fear here. Do you see what I'm saying? That's right. Like, there's no, and this is the term they always use. Like, you're transphobic. No, I'm not scared of these people. I think a lot of them need help, actually. I think a lot of them need mental health yeah. and counseling. But there's no part of me that goes, oh my gosh, I'm scared. I'm definitely not scared. Nor is Riley Gaines scared of the trans agenda. I don't agree with it. Yeah, that's a great point. Because if you, let's say you're coaching Little League, like I have done. If somebody tries to bring a 16-year-old out to pitch at a 12-year-old baseball game, I'm not age-phobic. Yeah, you're not I'm afraid just saying, of like, the 16-year-old. Yes, the 16-year-old just doesn't fit the rules. He shouldn't be able to compete against 12-year-olds. It's not age-phobia. It's, it's well said, and I think it's it, again, ties in with they don't actually engage in arguments. They try to engage in attacks, which scare people from actually engaging in the marketplace of ideas and actually putting forth their opinions, which is why I think Riley has been so effective and why I think she's so brave in general for the way that she's handled all this. Oh but, yeah. And you know, you know, my, my, my friends, you know, we're talking about Riley. We're talking about sports and competition. And these days, whether you're out there as a weekend warrior athlete like me, I was actually playing tennis last night at an adult advanced clinic. On the top court, no big deal. But, you know, I could use a little extra oomph in my step, a little extra juice out there on the courts. And a lot of guys feel the same way because as you get older, your testosterone starts to fade. And also overall energy and vitality can be a challenge. That's why Chalk is such an essential company these days for so many men. Their male vitality stack can increase testosterone levels by up to 20% in just three months' time. That's an impressive difference and a positive one that you'll feel. The male vitality stack is formulated with all natural ingredients. You don't have to worry about what you're putting in your body. These are clean, healthy supplements. Find Chalk's male vitality stack online at chalk.com. Use my name, Buck, for 35% off that monthly subscription you can get. Again, the website is choq.com. And the name Buck, use that name as the promo code. You'll get 35% off. Also, check out some of their other products. I love Chad Mode. I take it every day now before I go work out. Chad Mode is a pre-workout supplement. It just gets you dialed in, fired up, and focused for your workout. It's amazing. I actually told the founder of the company, I love this. I need him to send more because I'm going through it so fast. Chad Mode is the best pre-workout, not just for working out. If you just want more energy, get that yawns going on in the afternoon, you start to get a little tired, check out Chad Mode. 
Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Use promo code Buck. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this. That's, that's, that's we the problem. We didn't realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. And you know that the... School president's hearing at Capitol Hill did not go well, Buck, when 
the White House has had to issue a statement condemning the university presidents for their refusal. For those of you who did not hear the first hour of the program, we played you the audio of the congressional hearing yesterday where Congresswoman Elise uh, Stefanik got all of these different university presidents to not say that if somebody's walking around on the campus cheering for Jewish genocide, celebrating it, that that wouldn't be a violation of the university codes. This is Andrew Bates. He's the White House Deputy Press Secretary. They issued this statement just a little bit ago. It's unbelievable this needs to be said. Calls for genocide are monstrous and antithetical to everything we represent as a country. Any statements that advocate for the systemic murder of Jews are dangerous and revolting, and we should all stand firmly against them on the side of human dignity and the most basic values that unite us as Americans. Buck, I don't remember the White House ever condemning, this White House, ever condemning Harvard, MIT, uh, Columbia, University of Pennsylvania, many of these Ivy League institutions, as they just did, that speaks to how poorly those comments have been received uh, all across the political spectrum. And I wonder whether these universities are going to make a decision to, to move on from some of these presidents and, and let them be the fall person. Well, they recognize, though, that the, the, the meaning the presidents, that the lunatic brigade would turn on them. Yeah. Right? The, hey, you'll notice that whenever there's a protest on campus that is in support of Israel and the Jewish people, it is uh, orderly, law-abiding, and respectful, and no, they're not shouting about how they want to, you know, like murder all the Palestinian people or something. Whenever there's stuff that goes far over the line and is grotesque and and, and racist, uh, anti-Semitic, it comes from these far-left pro-Palestinian types. And they would turn on any school president who would not try to straddle this line of, oh, yeah, all of a sudden we're free speech absolutists on campus. They're not. They're the opposite of that. In fact, their campus speech codes are used to protect groups from the perception of harm. Like, meaning that you could even say something that you don't intend to be offensive or you don't intend to be, but if the aggrieved uh, you know, if, if the aggrieved minority group or whichever group on campus says it's a problem, you can go to the re-education camp with everybody else. And we just mentioned Riley Gaines. I mean, it's a good example. Her speeches are sometimes protested and shut down on college campuses. What does she say that's so radical? Men shouldn't be able to compete in women's sports. They don't stand up and protect her. Many of these universities fight to keep her from being able to speak on campus. Again, I'm a free speech absolutist. So if they want to say, hey, kids can be members of the KKK and walk through campus screaming for the genocide of, uh, of the black race, then, okay, at least they're being consistent. What they're not doing is consistency at all. They're content discriminating, and they're trying to preserve the right to say that you think Jews should have genocide committed against themselves. They're in a different category. You're going to love how they feel and how they stand the test of time. In my house, three boys, trust me, anything that can survive their wear and tear is a keeper. You can get a six-piece set of these new towels for the introductory sale price of $29.98 with our names as the code. 
Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, My Towel, six-piece towel sets, 50% off. Use the code Clay and Buck. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We've got Omid Malik, who is doing incredible work in the uh, capitalist business space as it pertains to not being crazy, woke, insane uh, business practices. And uh, I wanted to let him explain to all of you what he's doing with Public Square and so many other different companies out there. Um, Omid, I, I think you're a lot like me in that you're around both mine and Buck's ages, but you look around and from a business perspective, would you have ever believed that Bud Light would be giving cans with the pictures on them to uh, Dylan Mulvaney and that you know, you'd go to watch a superhero movie and it would like Marvel all of a sudden has to have, you know, trans superheroes who uh, have lesbian parents. I mean, I just I don't know how we ever ended up here. Well, a lot of it is is actually you got to follow the money. Just like when we find ourselves in the Twilight Zone, why are we in the Twilight Zone? Uh, yeah. As it relates to the movies, though, I like to ask the question in the last 20 years, when's the last movie you saw that was negative about China or the CCP? We make True. the movies to sell to them, and then we take out all that transgender stuff. And then they bring TikTok over backgrounds, need to expose. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I've just gotten sick of it. I'm a parent now. And for people like us who have the ability, whether you guys in media or me in finance, don't do something about it, how are we going to look our kids in the eyes and say that we didn't stop this? Because, look, you know, you guys are passionate about this too. covid radicalized me. I mean, what I saw there, the lies, the censorship. I mean, I moved from New York to Florida for freedom, and I started really seeing why federalism matters. You know, you have different economic and political systems. New York and California, the failed model versus, you know, Texas or Florida. But then what I started seeing was the battlefield's not just around policy. It's going to be about economics. That's how they get us with social credit scores, is the government uses big tech companies and other big companies to control us. And I wasn't going to let that happen. So my mission now is to finance these companies that are going to keep us free. Omid, Spock, good to have you with us. And I wanted you to take this opportunity to just tell uh, all the folks listening across the country about where some of the places are that we're already building. You know, they're, they're familiar with, uh, you know, Rumble, for example. Uh, they're familiar with yeah. Truth Social. But... Give us kind of an update on how the parallel and really just the truly capitalist economy and a conservative values uh, accepted economy is going at this point. Like, where are we racking up some some progress and some momentum? The first thing is it's the top of the first, right? We are just getting started here. ESG started becoming a phrase in 2010 and has become a multi-trillion dollar scam, okay? It also destroys economic value, but it's really used uh, in order to control us, as I was saying. As it relates to this parallel economy that you referenced, we call it the EIG economy. So we mean entrepreneurship, innovation, and growth. And yes, we have our own acronym against ESG. It's EIG. This ecosystem basically has three buckets that we invest in through our fund, 1789 Capital, which is the vehicle that gave Tucker Carlson uh, his money to get his new company started up that we've spoken about. The first bucket is exactly what you're saying, Buck. It's the replication businesses. You have an existing company that's co-opted uh, or has gone totally woke, and we need a response to that. So, yes, you have Rumble, which is a response to YouTube. 
Black Rifle Copy, a, a response to Starbucks. The company we took public, Public Square, that I now sit on the board of, which is a response to Amazon. But that's going to continue in every part of our economy. We need our own payment processors. When you see PayPal fining people for what they determine is misinformation, we need our own banks. When you see the truckers up in Canada lose their bank accounts because they want to protest these uh, unnecessary vaccine mandates, right? Or um, asset managers like Vivek was doing with Strive. So that's the replication economy. We're going to need to make sure that we're insulated so we cannot get canceled in the private sector so they deperson us. So all that stuff has to happen, and that's all areas that we're investing in uh, and have you know, helped companies like Public Square go public or Tucker, and which is a response to cable news. The second bucket of EIG is how do we enhance American prosperity? How are we investing in, like, defense tech? We've already made an investment in a company called Firehawk in Texas. They develop rocket fuel cheaper uh, than the competitors for missiles. How are we investing in things that are going to onshore manufacturing? Don't continue to make us totally dependent and get all of our stuff from China, who's our enemy. And then finally, bucket three, there's a lot of great companies out there that ESG has ruined because the ESG overloads tell us we're not going to give them any money because they're bad. I'm thinking things in fossil fuels, ammunition, guns. I'm going to go invest in those companies because they're great businesses that have really good financial profiles, but they can't even get a loan from a bank. Those are the three buckets we're going to play in in what we call EIG, which is going to fight back against ESG. I agree with everything you're doing. Um, uh, and I think this is really, really important. And I think increasingly our audience wants to be able to spend money with companies yeah. that respect them. It, it's, it's one thing if, if these companies decided, hey, we're going to spend money across the entire political spectrum and we want every Republican, we want every Democrat, we want everybody to be buying our product. They're not doing that. Why do you think that is ultimately? Because that everything you're saying, I agree with. I think it does create, yeah. instead of being angry about it, I think the best way to deal with anger, I did it when I started my company, uh, OutKick, is to actually create an alternative, right? Go out and use entrepreneurial spirit to take advantage of marketplace opportunities. But why yeah. do you think this marketplace opportunity exists? Why, why do you think, I'm just throwing, you know, Disney. Why would Disney not be trying to appeal to every parent, regardless of what their politics are. That feels like the Disney that I grew up with, or Coke, or Bud Light. Why Why do you think they're making these choices? Well, I think it's several reasons. I mean, one is just like a, an economic thing. Let's use the New York Times, for example. Did it always kind of lean slightly left? Yes, but we're around the same age. It wasn't like it is today in the 90s, or even in the 2000s, Right. The reason why the New York Times is not even readable anymore is because it moved from a advertising general model to a subscription-based yes. model. Yes. So the, the majority of the revenue of the New York Times or any of these outlets that are supposedly news now is based on subscribers. And what that means is we, we lend ourselves to the red meat of who our purchases are, who's paying that $8.99 a month. And so they're only appealing to Brooklyn and the West Coast for the people who are their subscribers, that's where they get all the revenue from. And now the New York Times is actually wants to be, by their own admission, an entertainment business, right? They're not really reporting news. They're trying to give the type of content that their subscribers want. So that's how you start to see the problem. And then also you end up having what we have now, which is this tyranny of the minority, which is these crazy movements that have really sprouted up, basically, that coincide to the election of Donald Trump. 
Now, it's extremely nefarious why all of these things have started happening. What I believe to be the case is that around 2015, you had two populist movements taking place on both the left and the right. And you remember it was Bernie Sanders, who they stole the election from through the DNC, on yep. one side, and of course Donald Trump uh, on the other side. I think that freaked the hell out of the establishment, the oligarchs, whatever you want to call them, but we know who they are. And I believe that has been promoted by the media and other propaganda tools at the behest of the government and the establishment to try to divide us. And it's going on throughout all of human history. My family's from the Middle East. I know a lot about sectarian violence that's being done by the hands of the people who are in charge to get other people to fight each other. That's why they want men and women to hate each other, blacks and whites to hate each other. And you've really seen this be fueled really since the election of Trump. And it's all for a particular purpose. And so that then lends itself even further to the economic decisions about some of the companies you're referencing. So, sorry that this is so complicated, but it really is this nefarious and detailed, because otherwise, to your point, it's illogical. The then asset managers controlled by only three entities that control all these large public companies, whether it's BlackRock, Vanguard, um, then also have their own agendas. And then they take the state pension money, which is only recently, as you guys know, with Florida and others, starting to divest from it. And then they control the economic decisions and the boards of these large companies. So that's kind of a very, very brief synopsis of where this comes from, how it's economically motivated. Um, and, yeah, it's totally different from how we grew up when Michael Jordan says he doesn't talk about politics because Republicans buy sneakers, too. I've quantified the opportunity here for you guys, though, right at the outset when I started doing this. I just looked at, okay, just the people that voted for Donald Trump, that's 73 million people. And the Brookings Institute told me that that's 30 percent of American GDP. So that's like the lowest amount of money. That's $7 trillion of GDP that we all know are pissed off, being ignored and alienated by these big companies. That would be the third largest economy in the world. So you better believe I'm going to do everything I can to be the financier for these people. Because I don't care that it's only 30% of GDP. It's still the third largest economy in the world, and they're ready to stop giving their money to people that hate them. The last thing I'll say is a perfect example of what you're referencing. Salesforce, you know the CRM that pretty much every business uses. It's owned by a guy named Mark Benioff, who owns now Time Magazine. And he's the guy that funded E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit against Donald Trump. So every time people buy one of these products or use these things that they think are innocuous, you are literally funding not just people that don't like you, who take your money and then try to hurt you and hurt the people that you want in power. That's how serious this is. So it's not about boycotts. That's not effective. You have to then create businesses, services, and products for people to be positive so we can actually effectuate change. And that's literally as American as apple pie because it's capitalism. We need to give people choices. Omid Malik, founder of 1789 Capital. Omid, we're going to have to have you to come back and uh, update us on how the parallel economy and true capitalism is working over time and talk to you about the economy in the election year, too. So thanks for making the time for us today. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Really appreciate connecting with you guys, and thanks for all that you do. Thank you, sir. And, you know... We love bringing word about new companies to people, especially new companies that can save you money. And, you know, the Biden administration is telling you that the economy is just fine. But, you know, that's not true because you buy groceries, 
You're putting gas in your car. You're going out to a restaurant in your neighborhood. And what are you seeing? High prices. But I'm not just telling you the problem. I want to offer you a solution, or at least something that can really help. The Upside app. The Upside app gives you cash back on a variety of purchases. Things that you have to buy anyway, like food and gas. So why not give it a shot? Carrie's got it. She loves it. She loves going hunting for a deal. So she pulls up the app on her phone. I've got it on the phone too, but she spends more time in the car than I do because I'm on radio with you folks. And then she goes and finds where's the best place to get gas because she's going to get 25, maybe 50 cents off a gallon with the Upside app. Plus purchases at Starbucks, Jersey Mike's, Chick-fil-A, thousands of participating restaurants on the Upside app where you'll get great discounts. So do you want to just pay less and save money? Have more money in your bank account at the end of the month? If the answer is yes, just try the Upside app. Totally free. It's totally free. Use promo code Clay and Buck when you sign up though. Upside app, promo code Clay and Buck. So go to the app store, download the free Upside app and use that promo code Clay and Buck. You'll get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas using Upside. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When those those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this. That's day. The thing. That's we didn't the problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, "Oh my god!" We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young were kids and, and so self-involved, egomaniacs, yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them, and, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! 
and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome back. Play and Buck closing up shop here shortly, but we have some, uh, I wouldn't say it's breaking news, but a new story that has emerged. So I guess that's technically breaking news. Um, a new story that's happening in the news cycle is breaking news. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden was pushed on his associations with the global Hunter Biden business scam. And Joe is taking the position, this is the president of the United States, taking the position right now that he never interacted with any of Hunter's business associates. Listen to this. There is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans that this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not. And it's just a bunch of lies. Didn't interact with my associates. I did not. There's what? lies. I don't know if that's going to work because the evidence is too clear and there's too much of it, Clay, that the lies are what Biden's telling. Yes. Yes. And this is, I give credit, I'm not sure who that reporter was that asked that question. This is what reporters are supposed to do. Hold powerful people accountable for the things that they may well have done that have run afoul of either the law legally or the ethical standards that have been put in place. You should challenge people to uh, confront them with the truth. And I don't think Joe Biden just continuing to say, no, these are all lies is going to work. This is why the impeachment inquiry matters so much, because there has now been through James Comer's uh, committee an awful lot of evidence at a minimum that Joe Biden was regularly interacting with Hunter Biden's business associates all the time, and that Hunter certainly was making his money based on his connection to the Biden family brand. So the idea that Biden can say, oh, they're all lies, I wasn't ever involved. First of all, it it takes this long for him to be getting questioned about this is a testament to how much he avoids the media and also how much they exist basically to be propagandizers for him. But it's a great question. And now Biden's on the record saying these are all lies, which we know they are not. So Biden is now on the record directly lying yet again about his relationship with his son's foreign business partners. And and the the lesson, as I've told anyone who will listen, the lesson of the Hunter Biden laptop fiasco is that the Democrat corporate media will tell the most brazen and disprovable lies If in the moment it is useful to them, they don't care what it does to their integrity because they have no integrity to protect. They don't care what it does to the institution of journalism because the institution of journalism is a joke. So get ready for that in this election year. It's not like they've sent out memos to everybody. Hey, guys, we can't do that whole Hunter Biden laptop was fake thing again like we did in 2020 because, you know, that was a bad look. No, in fact, I think they celebrated quietly because Joe Biden is now president of the United States. So whatever they did, whatever lies they had to tell, they think were entirely justified, and they would do it again. I think the 50 or whatever, what, 51, 53 intelligence officials who signed that uh, that absurd 
It's Russian disinformation. The laptop is Russian disinformation. Clay, I think they would do it again. Well, they had zero consequences. And in fact, the opposite of consequences, which is one of the big issues that I think we have in the country today, they lied and they got rewarded for it. So it's the direct opposite of any sort of consequences. And we talked about this with so many of the decisions that were made surrounding COVID and have been made by our elected officials over the last five, six, seven years. Has anybody actually been held accountable for making poor decisions on behalf of the American public? No. Most of the time they get reelected. And now I got to tell you, I'm super nervous about parallel parking for the next few days because I feel like if anything goes wrong, a big portion of our audience is going to say, oh, yeah, Mr. Fancy Man with his parallel parking jokes, huh? You I better, better make sure I check my rear view. Yeah. You better be flawless on your parallel parking. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.